Welcome, everyone, to episode 70 of the Matt Jones podcast, the first one we've had in a while. Uh, it's good to be back with you all. I hope you have enjoyed the sounds of lawyers, guns, and money welcoming us back. Here's my plan for the next little bit. Uh, with no, with I, I only have one job, and I'm bored, to be honest with you. Quarantine and one job, this is like the least I've done since I was like, 15. And so I decided that through the course of the summer until we get to football season, I'm going to try to do, you know, maybe two or three of these a week to sort of just keep myself interested. I'm being forced hiatus from uh, iHeart for the next couple of weeks. And so we're going to do four this week. And then I'll do two or three while I'm up in New York during June. And we'll just see how it goes. And in order, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it with my favorite people. So the first week, probably my three favorite guests ever are Tony Vanetti, Bomani Jones, and Greg Doyle. We're going to have all those guys. And then kind of a new friend of mine that I didn't know a long time ago was Ryan McGee, and he's going to do one. So hopefully it'll be a good first day, but when, or first week. But when I do this, it's just a chance to, like, talk about things long form without having to, like, I don't know, make jokes, et cetera. This is a good conversation and who better to have it with than Tony Vanetti? Tony, uh, we're doing this on Zoom. I hope it sounds good. I've never done this before. I don't know if it's going to sound good, but let's cross our fingers. All right. That's, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, I see you very well. You're in your room with your little books and all that. Uh, so uh, have you read all those books behind you? I have read probably 80% of them. Oh, good for you. I haven't read them all. I mean, like, okay, so these stacks that are right behind my head right here mm, yes. are relatively new, and I've probably only read 30 or 40% of those. So okay. that I buy books. I tend to buy in like three or four, and then I read one or two, and one or two kind of get put to the side. Are you like JFK that speeds reads, or do you like to enjoy what's going on? Well, you know, I read relatively fast, but I have to say, I, I would be curious. This is just my, I'm not a scientist. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. But I, <laughs> I am curious to see. I have a theory. I think our brains have been changed by telephones. And what I mean by that is there is no doubt that I have a shorter attention span than I had 10 years ago. I, yeah. I, it's not even close. Like I used to be able to sit and read four, three to four hours in a row and it would be fine. I can't read more than an hour without getting up. Now I can, you know, take a couple minutes and come back. But I, I am convinced that these things, these phones have changed our brain and have made it to where we can't, we, we, we just can't focus. At least I can't the way I did maybe a decade ago. Is that crazy? Uh, there is a, a lot of research that pinpoint 2012. That is, that's when sort of the iPhone came around and started to really advance. And there are, uh, there are all kinds of research and statistics that will show you what you're saying is correct. Not just, it, not just our attention span, um, but, you know, I, I read this stat on uh, people that sent, you know, kind of um, um, sexy text to their significant other, right? That in 2012, 26% of people thought that was appropriate. You send your wife like, hey, can't wait to see you when we get home, wink, wink, right? And... Uh, in 2000, just five years later, 2017, it was 86% thought it was appropriate. Wow. So not just, uh, not just in what you're talking about with your attention span, but um, for sexy tweets and everything else. That, that statistic is an example of a man who used to do sports radio that now has transitioned <laughs> into trying to juju. Cause that's like the kind of statistic for people who don't know, I don't subscribe <laughs> to this, but there, Tony, you may subscribe to this. There's this like service that sends weird like facts yes and and, and uh show prep it's a show prep service yeah and they send you like survey they send you stuff like that like they yeah. said that would be the kind of thing yes. that would come on that mail i don't do it do you get that um yes there are several services that we use mostly for the sound because they clip just the most important piece of sound from entertainment sports uh, national news and everything else. So I don't have to have someone clip all that off. It's all there for me. How, how have I never gotten access to that? I love that I've been with this company now almost a decade and it, I might as well have joined last week for the ability. I still don't have company email. <laughs> I still receive a paper check. 
I still don't even have an official, like, you know, the thing that you do to like log in to learn. Like, I don't even know how to do any of that. Okay, like I've well, been here a decade yes. and I don't even have the most basic access to stuff. Yeah. It's basically because iHeart wouldn't give you keys to the apartment because we think we're going to break up at any moment. So it's like, eh, it's not going to We've come close. We came yeah, very right. close last and, and, year. And by the way, t Blink, it's been 10 years. I, I mean. I know. It's amazing. I, I just, uh, you know, it, it's crazy to think how it all started 10 years ago. You know, we, we have coming up in August our second year anniversary of the bar, 10 year anniversary of the radio set, uh, show, and a 15 year anniversary of the website, which I still remember starting the website just as a goof 15 years ago. And the fact that 15 years have gone by. Yeah. I thought of this the other day. My mom, the age I am now, when my mom was that age, I was like 16. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to me to think that I could have a 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it, like, you know, you know this. I mean, you're yeah. like Mr. Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo over there. Like, you get old. I gave it all up. I gave all that rock and roll stuff up because you have kids. And let me tell you, I have a 16 year old that is, uh, you know, he's trying to get in the Naval Academy and the rest of this stuff. He's sort of a high achiever like you are. And, and I try to process. If he had come to me, you know, and said, hey, I'm going to start a, a sports website instead of whatever, you know, Duke Law School, I'm a lawyer. We went through all this. I, I, I knocked everything out of the way, getting him where he was, just like your mom assisting you in the way. And this was the dream. And now you're like, eh, I want to do a sports website. Well, the first few years what? I practiced law and did a sports website. I mean, yeah, you know, it's funny for me to think there was a time, Tony, where I every single day went to the office at like 8.30, practiced law till six or seven o'clock at night, and during the day did law and would take five-minute breaks to post sports news. I mean, it is bizarre to me that I lived that life for so long. I had no social life during that time. It was like just intense focus. It was the perfect time. Like, you couldn't really start a no. website now. No. You know, people say to me a lot, Matt, how do I – I don't mean to be rude to people, but like you, you miss that. Like that was the time, like you got to get on whatever the next train is. That right. train is over. Dave Portnoy, who started Barstool Sports, he and I had this conversation about three years ago. You can't start a website now. It's just, it's too late. Like right. you, you missed that. Okay, so you, the next thing is, how do you figure out what is next? And that is something we've been very fortunate. We've been pretty good at figuring that out as you go, but Things have changed. Websites, I don't know if websites will exist in 10 or 15 it, years, at least um, in the form they do now. What do you think of the Joe Rogan thing where he's now signed Brilliant. with the Spotify for $150 million? But see, Joe, Rog Joe Rogan is a perfect example of what I'm talking about because he got on the podcast. It's, listen, Joe Rogan's podcast is good. I'm not hating on it. It's very good. He does good interviews. But there's nothing special about it. No, I mean, right. what the yeah. thing that he did was he got on the podcast train early. So when I started doing podcasts, I started doing podcasts in like 07, 08. Nobody was doing, like nobody was doing podcasts. Right. Yeah, yeah. He got on it quick so that when podcasts were rolling, hey, here's this dude from Fear Factor that's on it and people got into it. So it was perfect timing. But you're not going to be able to create the new Joe Rogan podcast. No. Joe, Joe's got this thing. He's, he's a magnetism to him. He's not, he doesn't act like the smartest person in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's that. like KSR. It's like our show to where, look, let's figure this thing out together. Right? So it is just, it's the, the numbers are amazing. Everyone listens or watches them. I, I don't know if it's going to work. Some people are comparing it to the Stern move to where, look, he was, Stern was the biggest personality in the world. Rush Limbaugh on him. And he, you know, he sold out for the $500 million. But that anyway. worked for a while. I mean, yeah. I actually, I, as a Howard Stern fan, I would say what happened with Howard Stern was, as weird as this sounds, he got married and he changed. And yeah. I don't mean that negatively. He probably no. has a much happier life. But because he got remarried, mm -hmm. he found a happiness that I don't think he had before that he took out on his radio show. That's exactly right. And the show was not as good once he didn't have that. So when I, when he first went to satellite, I would argue the first two or three years he did it were the best shows he ever did on anything. Is, is this why you haven't gotten married? No, no, but I, <laughs> you know, 
I wondered, I will say this, I wondered, Tony, if when I found like true happiness with somebody, yes. if that would happen with me. And it hasn't, I mean, like I feel, I have that happiness. Right, yeah. But I don't feel, I still am work obsessed. And I think it's in part because she's work obsessed too. I almost had to find someone who was similar yes. to me in that yes. regard. No, you get you're you're putting it the wrong way. You have to find somebody as screwed up as you are. All right. Exactly. And you can't you they can't be more screwed up than you, and you can't be more screwed up than that. So you gotta find that even, even keel situation. And that looks like you have. It's very difficult when there are very few people who can relate to when you are the boss and the personality. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really that's a weird dynamic because you have to you have to both are we still talking about marriage? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, take you. You have always, I've always been envious of you. You never really have to worry about the business side of things. But nevertheless, you're good at business. You're the best salesperson I've ever seen in terms oh, well, of being able you. to be a talent and sell. And sell. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about that. No. You don't have employees. No. And like, so you can, as long as you keep your job, you're good. Yep. Yep, I don't mind. I don't mind making other people money, right? And I don't mind helping other p businesses get, a, attain their dreams, right? I'm the. I've always been the turtle, right? I want to win the race, and I want to go this way, like this. I'm not going to go out of the gate. And I don't know if you know. Sometimes I think, am I should I have done that, gone up and done my own business because I've helped so many people make a lot of money. And no, I'm doing the path I want to pass. I'm very happy. I love my career. I love iHeart. I really do. I know. People can say whatever they want about iHeart and Clear Channel. They've taken care of me. I've made them money and they've made me money. I've had a great uh, run with them for 30 years. I really have. I can't complain about iHeart. It's been a great situation. So well, there are you're right though. There are benefits to owning your product, especially in freedom. I've had some mm -hmm. freedom that even you haven't had at times in terms of, you know, there, there's always been a, if iHeart just gets rid of me, I can just say, okay, screw it. I'll just do it myself, right? Right, yeah, yeah. The negative though is, and we've seen it in these last two months, you can be very popular. And if you screw up the business in, it won't matter. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, take our website. Our traffic during coronavirus, Tony, has actually been up. It is, our traffic is higher in these last two months than it was in September, October, November, December, January. Yeah. Because people are just, Inter, you know, they're bored and they're interested in stuff, but our money is way down because people are not advertising like they right. used to. Yeah. So that's an example of when you, when you sort of own the means of production or whatever, if you, if the, the economy affects you in a way like you and I on iHeart, we've both seen our probably endorsement revenue go down some, but our salaries are yeah. still our salaries. Sure. It's yeah. iHeart's problem, not ours. But when you when you have to own it, it's a whole different thing. And that pressure, I've been very fortunate. We've owned businesses during a relatively good economy. We started KSR started making in two thousand money in two thousand ten. Once the economy turned around, this is really the first difficulty we've had. Oh, it's it, but this is unprecedented, and you can't predict it. And there's no you know ever wants to go. Oh well, this is what it's. What people will, uh, it'll be interesting how we end up out of this. You know, what, what will be Well, how do you think norm? we're going to end up out of it? I mean, I think it's going to be like 9-11. I think there will be things that will change forever that we won't go back to. And you'll think, um, oh, remember? Oh, that was before 9-11 we did that. There are. I think this is things. worse, though, because 9-11 for whatever, listen, I mean, 9-11 was awful. But not just in deaths. I mean, 3,000 people died on 9-11, 100,000 people have died in this. But 9-11, if you didn't live in New York or Washington, D.C., you saw it, but it was yeah. hard to feel it, you right. know? Right, Everybody feels this. And, like, if on 9-11, the biggest thing that changed was airports. Well, dude, I mean, everything is changing. And so I guess you're a smart guy. What do you think is going to okay. be the legacy? Uh, let's stay positive. Let's stay one that's going to be a positive, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, hotels, all right? So here's the deal for hotels. I just saw the story, and it looks fantastic. They are going to scrub the hotels like you've never had it before. Like, I've always been kind of grossed out. There's some you, hotels you, you kind of lay down on the bed, and then you get back up without changing your clothes. But they, they have this sticker they're putting on Hilton's that when they clean the room, it's like a crime scene. You can't – like, you've got to knife it. You've got to break the seal so you know no one has come into this room. 
Okay, these are the good things that are going to happen. Our hotel rooms are finally going to be clean. It's not going to be gross. Yeah, but I never cared about that anyway. Like I, you know, I. I Sorry, I, I do. There's some man. There's, listen, let me tell you. There's some one, gross people. One time, I, I I've stayed. It's funny. I've sort of, and I bet you're like this too. I've lived a life where I've stayed at all range of hotels. Like when oh, I was yeah. in college and right out of college, we'd stay in the cheapest thing you could find. And now like, if it's not really nice, I'm like, forget it. I'm not staying here. Like yeah. you go through this whole thing and I don't know. Here's what we're, okay. So the economy will fix itself. I don't know if it's going to be in six months or if it's going to be in three years, eventually it will come back, et cetera. Here's my worry of what I think is a bigger issue long-term. People have realized that they can do things like we're doing it now over mm -hmm. zoom. Not in, like yes. I used to really look forward to doing these things with you. Cause you and I would laugh and sit yep. together. I think people have realized that so much more of their life can be done remotely. And I don't think that's good for society. I, I think people need that human interaction and businesses are going to realize they can save a lot of money, not having human interaction. And I don't think that's a positive. I think you're going to see at least in the short term, a real rise in people being extremely lonely. But it lends to the new model that we're going to get in a couple of years, which is people are just like you are, that you know, I work television and I do other stuff. So you you have to be you have to work for multiple employers, right? So that kind of lends to where it was going anyway. That people can work from home now and they can have three employers. All right, but is that good? I mean, but is that yes, yo, yes, because you lose this guy and you still got that one and you get another one up there. So it's it's it is. But you're it thinking, is Tony, of of lives of like employers that are fulfilled. Right. Like, like you and I have jobs that fulfill us. We enjoy yes, it. Love it. A lot of people do jobs that don't fulfill them. They do jobs to pay the bills, whatever Correct. those bills are. And you know, I, they don't pay anymore, Matt, they don't pay anymore. You have to work the three jobs. I understand, but I don't think that's a positive. I mean, you know, I, I think it is because you could do now. You don't you have want to go to three office. jobs that you don't but, like. No, who says they don't like them? But now some, you, but see, there are people that are always in, in this world, Tony. There's always going to have to be people who work jobs like the, You know, it's that stupid line from Caddyshack: "The world needs ditch diggers too." There's always yes. going to be people who have to take jobs that aren't fulfilling. I think you judge society by how do you treat those people, and telling them go work more of these jobs is not treating them well. By the way, my dad said that every time the report card came home. Um, everyone needs uh, ditch diggers. Um, it is, yes, but you're talking about that next generation is coming through with their, with their student debt and everything else. Look, it gives them options. It gives you, and you can drop one of these things. If you, don't, if you go to the nine to five, because that's where the conversation started, with the brick and mortar office building and you're there nine to five, nine to seven, right? And you're in that office. Well, if you're, in a, if you're at home, you know, the other employer don't know you have a side hustle. And by the way, part of our little uh, uh, show prep, there's plenty of percentages that they'll show you of how many Americans have the side hustle, which is what I'm talking about. You, you have really love lead. getting all those little stats. I love it. The side like hustle like Mr. Stat, yes. stat yes. side yes. hustle. I like it. Well, I, I have to say to you, the, and this, for some reason, when I'm when I do want stuff with you, this is always when I feel like I get the most personal because I just like you and we talk yep. like this. I, over the last two months, for the first time maybe in my life, really felt lonely in a way that I had never felt before. This has been an extremely difficult two months for me. I mean, it's a combination of a lot of stuff. I couldn't see my girlfriend. My dad got very ill and very sick. I couldn't go there for a while. I was doing a show on my porch. I, I could go days, weeks without seeing a human being, especially at the beginning. And it really, I have always been a very social person, even though I'm an only child. And I, I was very lonely. The only thing that really worked is eventually when I, when my dad's health got so serious that I felt like I had to go see him, even though, I mean, and what I mean by that is I was worried about going before I, cause I didn't want to give him coronavirus. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I felt like his health got to a serious enough point where I was like, well, no matter what, I just got to go. Cause I don't know if I'm, if he's going to make it. It was actually weirdly only being at home with my parents where I finally felt like sort of fulfilled. Uh, did you have a panic attack at all? I had, have you heard the story about when I uh, when I fell? 
No, right. no. So, all right. So this was like week one or of the coronavirus, week two. You know, my book was supposed to come out. That was the other thing. I had three or four, Tony, really big career things that were right, right there, there on the yeah. precipice. Yeah. I mean, I had the yeah. book coming out. ESPN was going to have me host the bracket show and be a part of their I NFL draft radio coverage. Yep. yep. And then uh, Boom. I had a big business deal, which was that close, which all, all these things fell through. So that was part of it. But I was supposed to go on Morning Joe. And I go oh, I'm so I, excited for you. I got up that morning. Yeah. I took Jackie and I were ready. We had we we had morning Joe on. I was well, like I was half sitting, hour, half hour. I was sitting in front of the camera five minutes from going on. And they come on there and go, look, Chuck Schumer has asked us to come on. We gotta bump you. So I was bummed. Um, I get home. As I'm driving home, I get my phone, the phone call from my mom about what's happened with my dad. And so then I'm like, I got to get to Knox. This is before I knew you couldn't even get in the hospital, right? Right, yeah. So I'm like, I go in my house. I try to pack everything as quickly as I can. And Tony, I walk out my step and it had been raining. I take one thing and I fall and I land ass first on my <laughs> step, but like on the, the peak oh, of the step. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm going to show you bruise. something. I'm going to show don't you. Don't show me your butt. I don't. No, no, that. you got. I, you got to see it because I. I mean, I'm going to show it. The, the people obviously watching can't see it, but I want you to see because this is what my butt looked like, and you, you're a good enough friend that you can look at my butt <laughs> and see. Look at that. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I mean, and oh this my was two Lord. days later. Oh my gosh! Okay. What? The, what in the what? It was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Oh like it my was, gosh. And you couldn't sit down. Think about not being able to sit down. Like you couldn't really sit down. So my point is that happens. And now I'm freaking out. And I start driving to go to Knoxville to see my dad. And I get right. to Shelbyville. And I, I've never had a panic attack, but I think yeah. I may have had it then. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like process. it was like everything process. was hitting me and I pulled over to a gas station in Shelbyville. And this is like a week after Corona started. So nothing's open, nothing. Right. And mm -hmm. I pull over and I'm just kind of like freaking out. And I remember thinking I'm in Shelbyville. What am I going to do here in Shelbyville? I ended up, I got to Lexington and I just stopped, which yeah. I'm glad because then it turns out we couldn't have gotten the hospital anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's you know, the first time I've ever felt like that. Well, here's the deal. And, and I'm one of those cyborgs. You know that. I, I'm old school. I inter internalize everything. And I'm a terrible parent. My kids have never seen me cry because I'm just kind of that, I'm that last end of that last generation to where I just don't want to show. I, I That's can't weird cry. that you've never and, cried because I've seen you cry. I, look, I, so I don't cry. I, you know why I don't cry. So I, I, I can't figure it out. But three times during this COVID thing, and my wife's working. She, she's a killer. You know her. She'll stab you for five cents. She's a killer. Uh, I, I'm rolling. We're fine. Everything's fine. The kids are killing it in school. They crushed it. But, and I don't know why. I'm sitting here going, like, in the middle of the afternoon, and I can't figure why. And I almost I start to well up, and I'm crying because I don't know what kind of anxiety. The, the COVID thing is just weird. And, we're, and at some point, we're all going to have to deal with it. But there was, wasn't a pinpoint reason why. At least your dad was sick and you had some things fall apart. Um, but I couldn't figure out mine. Like, why am I freaking out like this? Why can I do this? But three times I had to sit down and I almost cried. And then I went, oh, I'm not going to cry. But, I, you know. Yeah, well, you should have just cried. There's nothing wrong with crying. And by the, way, by the way, I know it's not. I know that's why I'm, I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible person for not crying. But listen, th th that morning I texted you and I said, don't overthink it. Just be yourself. For the um, for the, the Joe and Mika thing, I, I it was there was so much happening with the with the the book, the ESPN thing. I was so excited about doing that bracket show. That was like that would have been a dream of mine. I mean, like the brack the bracket coming out was my favorite thing as a child. And then that gets taken away. And then I was going to be on the NFL draft, which would have been a great chance because I never get to do you know, the idea of being on the NFL draft and then that gets taken away and all this stuff. And then when that happens with my dad, I will say this, my mom, I, having to go through having your significant other or your father in the yeah. hospital with a life threatening issue and yep. you can't go. Yep. The thought of him being alone every yep. night yep. was, yep. was brutal. I mean, right. it was, I, 
I understood why it was. I wasn't angry, but I was, it was, it was brutal. And he was, you know, can you imagine like going through that and you have to be by yourself and nobody can come see you. And it was, it was all the worst story. Matt, those were the worst stories in New York. The nurses that are coming out and they're holding a phone yeah. in, front of, in front of their husband and, and he's dying and they have to say goodbye. And, and, and then the nurse has to deal with not one, but four of those today. And like that's PTSD is going to be with them forever. There's no possible way they avoid that. Yeah. And, but that that's the stuff like I'm sitting here, I'm a DJ in Louisville. I, you know, why am I freaking out? Those are real problems. I don't have any, I don't know why. I'm having those issues, but it is, those are, it's amazing. And that was part of this disease that really is kind of evil that no one, their family can't be in there to hold their hand and go, you know, you got this or say goodbye. It's crazy. I'm going to tell you a story that some of the listeners know, but that was as sad a thing as I've ever heard. My friend Dwayne, I went to college with people on the radio know him as making ball fan. He's my one Tennessee fan, but I've known him forever. Really sweet guy. His, uh, his mom had dementia and his dad would go, every day and feed her and she wouldn't eat unless it was her her husband and they made a rule that he couldn't go in there anymore and when this we were at the sec tournament now go back to the sec tournament time it's friday it's thursday morning and they're trying to decide whether or not to continue the tournament right they cancel it we go, we stay on the air for like four or five hours just to sort of process all yep. this. Yeah. And Dwayne comes on the air and it breaks my heart to even hear this. He just looked and he, and he cause he was down there with us and he said, my mom's going to die. She was like, if my dad can't go in there, she's going to die. And Tony, 10 days later, she died. Like he saw that coming and she died and he, went to the funeral, but it wasn't a funeral. Like they couldn't even have a funeral. It was like, he got to have like a hand, his, you know, four or five people there. And it's still one of the saddest things. Like it just crushes me to think about that. And he said it the day it happened. He said, my mom is going to die. And that is such a brutal thing. And, and like, there are stories like that, like you said, everywhere. I, my old man died in a massive heart attack watching college football on Saturday. And for years, I harbored this feeling of, I wish I just had one more conversation. Like you just wanted to say, hey, are we good? And then have him say, you know, yeah, we're good, man. You know, something like that. So, and I held on for years, not dealing with all that, right? So that kind of situation for your friend, I, I pray for him and I pray for everyone that, because we're all creatures and of, of the same, we're all cut from the same cloth when it comes to the five stages of, of grief and, and acceptance and all that. And it's, it's tough to do that. But that was that day the ACC had canceled. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, I knew when we, we stayed on the air and at 12 and went continued just like you did. And we went courtside and it had the echo, like this is kind of history, right? Like it yeah. was, and, and the ACC commissioner is on the court and he's telling us the situation and that they're canceling it. And it's echoing through like it's a this is a historic broadcast. And I was like, this is we're not going to forget this. Like I've no. done this. Thir- I could do- I've done this 30 years. There are times I can tell you we're never going to forget that broadcast. And, and that's what kind of stuff we went through at the beginning. That night, the night before, when within one hour, Trump closed the borders, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert gets the disease and Tom Hanks gets it. Yep. I think in that hour, America changed. I really do. It was like nine o'clock at night on, it was a Wednesday. We were at the arena watching the crappy, you know, Missouri versus whatever game. Right. Right. And I think in that hour for the first time, it was all real. Cause even me, I mean, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is really Corona. Yeah. It's a flu. It's the flu. And And it was like that. It was just like that. So let me ask you, let's switch to what's next. I mean, what, what's your prediction on what college football does this fall? I think that there's two things that we have uh, confirmed about Americans that we sort of knew before, but now we're confirmed. One of them is we love old folks, but Nana, you've had a good run. We don't really take care of our old folks like other countries do. And, and then we always knew that we have these old folks home. If you go to other countries, they take Aunt Millie in, they take whoever you 
put them on the front porch and you feed them and and they're part of your family. In Asian cultures, it's like you are looked at oh. with scorn if you don't do Ab- that. Absolutely. And we've known this for years. And that's not completely on us. Our old folks also are like, I'm not coming to live with you. You know what? I want to live in my own damn house. So that it's a combination, but that's confirmed. Number two is we really we really love our athletes, but we really don't care if they're healthy or not. Like we, we don't really, we're not concerned if they get sick. We're just like, well, if one of them gets it, are they going to quarantine everybody? Or is, he, is that person going to go off on his own? So that's the only thing we're worried about. We're not worried about the athlete that if they get sick as Jody Demeline did, you have permanent lung damage for the rest of your life, right? Well, talk about Jody for a second, because a lot of people listening to this know Jody. I mean, he's a U of Career Journal reporter, a U of L reporter. He's worked with us. He's a good guy. You're close to him. I mean, yep. he was, he was, uh, dead. He, he, was, was dead. he almost died, and he was basically like relatively healthy. I mean, he was, and he's what, 48, 49? Yeah, yeah 48, never smoked, moderate, drink, moderate drinker, uh, healthy. He has 10 jobs. He is going all the time. He's the board, he's on the board of like a dozen schools. He does everything, dad, the whole deal. Uh, he probably got it. He can't pinpoint, but probably the ACC tournament. And it kind of laid dormant for a couple of weeks, and then he got it. Remember, he was with us at iHeart. I mean, he was there in the building with us. Uh, but he got sick, and it seems like that disease goes – you go six or seven days, and some people go right, and they get better, and they're okay, and the other ones get bad. And you don't know – it's, it's kind of like a tornado. They just pick which house it's going And we don't know – I think one of the scary things is we don't know – what the long-term implications that's are. That's exactly right. I mean, there that's are people exactly right. who are like, well, you get it and you get over it. And hopefully that's the case. But there's also the possibility that for people who had it and had no symptoms, that it shows up later in life. Like, we don't really know that. Right. So so uh, I talked to a doctor that was at Norton's, and he said he saw the, Jody's film and not knowing it was Jody's film and said, this patient's going to die. Uh, because the lungs were just all pure white where it's got all that just you can't it's like fog you can't see through it they had the priest over at holy trinity call for last rites and they laid the phone next to his ear oh, and they really? read the I last rites wow. yes laid, read the last rites to jody and then he st- he slowly started to get better um and and the story of the his wife saying man when ems came in they came in in the H, in all of that gear that uh, like they look like spacemen and they're rolling in and they're pushing people out of the way and they're like, get back, get back, get back. And they're taking him out like he is, like it's a movie. And, and they can't even say anything to Jody. They're gurning him out. They got him covered and, they, and they, they go and then he gets to the hospital and they can't see him. I mean, they can't see him. So he almost dies. It takes him forever. A couple of days ago, we had him on and he said, look, I walked from the garage to the mailbox and back, and I'm done for the rest of the afternoon. Still? So, yes. So he wow. is still just really kind of getting back um, to normal. So it really scared. It was the first time that we all sort of – it hit home hard. We all got – Terry Miners was, uh, I mean, visibly – or, you know, audibly, you could hear him visibly, you know, upset on the radio – uh, that day he was praying and we prayed on the radio. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something else. Well, so back to football, do you, okay. So, so you uh, think we're going to play, right? Okay. So the NBA let us out. Will the SEC let us, lead us in, right? Cause football is king. No, baseball no. will lead us in baseball okay. or the NBA. Like they're going to happen first. Okay. The NBA, right. But at least here's the thing with the SEC and the colleges, let's go to universities, NBA, if they have it, great. If not, it's so, it's, it's so weird that they might have the playoffs in, in Disney world and I'm all for it, but what are we doing? Uh, universities, you know, look, Louisville takes in $112 million athletically. They take in $300 million in revenue in tuition. Okay. Which is the bigger number here, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people at all these universities. They started getting clues that students were like, and parents were like, I'm not paying $22,000 for Johnny to be in my basement doing his homework. I'm not doing that. The kids, and then the other side of the kids that are there to party and meet girls, they're like, hey, if that's not going on, I ain't going to school. So all these people, tuitions due, like July 13th or something. So universities started getting these calls and emails going, if this is in school, we're taking the semester off. It, everyone panicked. Every, all these universities are not admitting it, but they panicked. 
all of them. And they made the call. This is not about health. Sorry, I'm just, I'm going to tell you, this is not about the health of the kids. This is the tuition numbers were going to be catastrophic for this university. This, and we all know the universities are completely out of control with tuition and loans and everything else. And this was going to collapse the university system. And what, what do we need? We need the football teams and the SEC and these schools first said it. Remember, Mitch Barnhart said, we're going back to school. Before two days after Brooks, uh, Brooks, I can't believe I just said Brooks. Stoops, he, remember Stoops said on Monday or Tuesday. On my show. I, he said, I, can't, I don't know. Oh, I was on your show. I can't yeah. say, I can't see how we're playing. We're not playing. Two days later, Mitch Barnhart says, or I'm sorry, uh, Capaluto said, we're going to have kids. We're going to have kids in, in class. What happened in 48 hours? Well, I tell you, I mean, I, so I, I used to say on the air, I can't see us starting in September. And if we do, there'll be no fans. And then, you know, what? here's what I didn't foresee. I didn't foresee the idea that society would deem it acceptable to bring the football players back when the students can't come back. I just didn't right. see that coming. I mean, maybe I should have. I guess I thought that we would go, okay, that's hypocrisy just a little too much that mm -hmm. we're going to do that. Yep. But look, we're bringing – you guys are bringing the players back this week. That's you know, exactly like right. there's, a, there's a level of – there's just a level of hypocrisy that we all have. Look, I'm not going to act like I won't watch the games. It's I'm going to watch the games. It's key for our business that they play. But you have to recognize – that it is not the case that health is the primary concern. No, I, it, it, that's exactly right. Health is not the primary concern. It is getting football. And then here, Drew, Drew wrote an article a couple of days ago. I was like, amen, ladies and gentlemen. Did you ever amen. think you would say Drew Franklin no. wrote an article that no. said amen? He's Drew, grown up right before your eyes. Drew and I have, we are friends and, we, and we're great. When we see each other, we're like, hey, buddy. But we have never agreed on a damn thing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> uh, but when I read that, I said, amen. I tweeted it out. I was like, thank you. Here it is. Finally, the football players have leverage. You know what life's about, leverage. Oh, you know yeah. More than anybody. And now they have made it clear the entire athletic department is dependent on who? The football uh, the team, the football team. So if I'm the football players, I'm like, hello, let's talk now, right? Like, let's renegotiate some things. Even though that they, you know, some of these schools, Alabama, Louisville, Kentucky, they live like kings. They, they fly on private jets and all that. That's great. But it's time to renegotiate the contract. If baseball, softball, rowing, everything else is contingent on me playing, let's talk. So let's go over a few things just for your own personal life. Yeah. Would you go to a game as a fan if they had a full stadium of fans in September? Uh, no. Okay. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, Would you Jackie go I, to a game – with fans if there were let's say 10 to 15,000 people yes. spread out. Yes. Yes. So yes. So here's what's interesting. I think a lot of people agree with what you just said. But as somebody who even though people would say well he's a dirty liberal, I still believe in the the ideas of supply and demand and economics and all that. Sure. Yeah. You have this weird scenario where I think a lot of the population won't go if you have a massive amount of inventory but if you constrict the inventory a lot of people will want to go so it's it, that's really doesn't happen in economics i mean normally you would you would bring the amount of people down to create demand to rise prices mm -hmm. but in this case the demand exist almost totally because you limit it. It wouldn't even exist if you increased it. That yes. really only happens in luxury goods. Yes. You know, there are people who only want to buy things if they're expensive because it says something, the fact that they gave a lot of money for it. Right. Right. Um, Stefan Marbury's shoes are a great story of this. You know, back in the day, Marbury created these shoes, called them the Starberries. Mm -hmm. You know, tennis shoes cost like $8 to make and Jordan's sell for 200 Star, right. the Marbury, I thought this was very nice, was like, I'm going to sell them for 25. We can still make a profit, but nobody would buy nobody them because them. they didn't want to be the guy bucks. buying $25 yeah. shoes. Yes. So now 
I think what's going to happen with these tickets, schools are going to be in an interesting position because I think most people are like you, Tony. They'll only go if it's limited people. So will colleges then basically try to wring out every dollar from those 10,000 people and make it to where you only really get your 10,000 richest fans in the stadium? No, because they won't do it that way, Matt. What they'll do it is you will get, you'll, they'll do it in thirds. So a third of the station and you'll go a third of the stadium and you'll go to a third of the games. I think that's what a lot of them will do. But Tony, I actually think there's an economic incentive. And ultimately one of the things I've learned about college sports is if the economic incentive exists, they'll do it. The economic incentive will exist to extract every dollar because I think they'll be able to. I mean, college sports have had this problem in the last decade where demand is down. And now I think weirdly you're going to have one year where demand is crazy high because you have a yeah. limited product. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. They also, the other issue will be uh, the masks, right? So are yeah. you going to wear the mask during the game? I, my wife and I went to Steinmart about an hour ago because I want to buy those. I think my shorts are too long, Matt. I need to buy it. So the kids are buying the dress shorts. Oh, you you want to show, you want to show wanna, up your thighs. I want to, I've, I've been doing leg day at least three days. You know, I've been my leg day. So my legs are getting bigger. <laughs> so I want the shorter shorts like I wore in 1985 when I was in high school. So I want those shorter shorts. So I went to the Steinmark because they have the, they have the, the, the brand names for half off. So that's where I shop. So I went there and I kept my mask on the entire time. And I got to tell you, it was about 30 minutes and I got out of there and I couldn't wait to take it off. And I feel like a wimp, but I was just like, oh my God, that's just, I don't know how doctors and nurses do it. This is awful. I just, it was 30 minutes. Well, do you have, I mean, the, the, the real masks have a little better than like the yeah. cloth ones we're wearing, but, yeah, but I get right. your point. I mean, you, you want to sit outside, uh, you want to sit outside hours, on Labor Day weekend and with those masks on. For I mean, that's three hours be watching a football game, because guess what people are going to do? They're going to like, man, just do what I do. I kept taking it down. And I can, and I put it back up and, and nobody's, and the reality is it's going to be hard for people to enforce it. Yeah. And you, then no one really cares. I mean, no one said anything in the store or whatever. Yeah. We don't live in a place where people care. Now there are other places in this country where I do think people care. I mean, Rachel tells me that in New York, if you walk down the street and you don't have your mask on, people yeah. yell at you, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I well, do think though, I, I do think one of the things this has taught me is that ultimately, you know, for people who are of certain political persuasion, they're mad at Andy Bashir, And then there are people who are of another political persuasion that are mad at the Georgia governor for opening too soon. The most interesting statistic I read in this entire time of 10 weeks, 538, which is that website that does polling and that kind of stuff. Right. They showed Apple started using their phones and they were tracking just how much people were moving in each state okay. using phone data. And what they found was there were differences in the country, but they had almost nothing to do with what the governor's rules were in their state. The differences were just cultural. <laughs> right, and, you, yeah. and they actually talked about Kentucky and Tennessee specifically. After Tennessee, because you know, Tennessee opened three or four weeks before we did. Yes. After Tennessee opened and we were still closed, the amount of movement per person in the state of both states was still the same. Uh, yes. And then people, it's so funny politically because they're pissed off that you, they're tracking my fault. They've been tracking They've been doing that for, for a decade. I mean, that's like, first of all, when you go down the Bill Gates conspiracy theory oh, rabbit stop. hole, people yeah, are insane. Stop. But I will say this. One of the funniest parts is when they do the whole, like, you know, oh, they're going to follow me. They already follow you. And guess what? It's not the government's following you. It's private businesses that yes. are then selling your information yes. to other private businesses. Yes. Like the idea that you have any privacy now is so ridiculous that when I hear people complain about it, I'm like, you you have complaints, but you should have brought them up 20 years ago. We, we sell it in advertising. We track you. Oh, we send yeah. a commercial. We send a commercial to your phone depending on where you are. Why do you think you get a Raising Cane's coupon down the block from Raising Cane's? <laughs> That's all by design. We know yeah. where you are already. So stop. I, look, there's a there's that movie American President. Have you ever seen that yes. movie? Yes. It's a good movie with what, Martin it? Sheen is the no 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 no, 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 no. Martin no. Sheen's the chief of staff. Yes, yes. Michael Douglas is the president. Yes, yes, and he's got that line that says, "America is advanced citizenship. You gotta really want it. Like it's not easy living in this country because you've got to be able 
you've got to be able to put up with the people that are going to say, I'm not wearing a mask, right? I mean, you just got to be able to put up with that. But it's do you think, citizenship. okay, so another thing America has shown, and look, I, I, I love America. You know, America is collectively the greatest country, but that doesn't mean we're greatest at everything. Um, and we are, we value freedom freedom in quotation marks more than any other country. I mean, we value individual freedom is not the word individualism. Yes. Like, don't you tell me what to do kind of right. thing. Yeah. Do you think this has shown that like rabid individualism has its negatives? I mean, we, we've handled this. I mean, I don't care if you want to blame Trump, the governors, the CDC, China, and blame whoever you want. We've handled it worse than like every other country in the world. Well, there's only one, there's one situation that will prove that because you, you can mix the numbers up all you want in population per capita and whatever. But Italy says we're going to accept on July 1st, we're going to accept tourists back into our country, except for people from America. That will tell you how well we're doing. We're Is not that right? I didn't left. know that was yes. the rule. Italy said we'll accept everyone back to, to, for tourism, except if you're coming from America. And I don't, we don't, you know, we don't want it, you. A lot of people on my side of the political aisle blame Trump for all that, and he, I think he deserves some blame. But I actually think the bigger blame is not his. The bigger blame is just our culture. Like, this is just how we are. We yes. don't like to be told what to do. And because of that, we're just going to do what we do. It's interesting. A lot of conservatives especially have, have looked at Sweden. You know, Sweden basically didn't lock anything down. They just left everything open. Have you read about Sweden? Yes. Oh, yes. But here's what's, and, and actually in the end, they ended up having more deaths than everybody else. So it actually didn't work. <laughs> but what was interesting about Sweden, though, you is know. even when they did that, they still didn't really have people go out much because in Sweden, when the prime minister said, look, I'm not going to make you not go out, but you really shouldn't. People right. kind of listened to them and yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to follow that. We just don't do that. I mean, we just, in America, we don't really follow anybody. Matt, what's changed since March 14th with the virus? The Nothing. one thing that's changed, here's the one positive okay. bit of news. And I do think this is, I, I do think sometimes progressives don't focus enough on this. We have been able to get our healthcare facilities yes. No. Yes. caught yes. up. Yes. So yes. that like, if we got a second wave, we are much better ready for it than we were on March Bingo. 14th. Bingo. That's exactly right. And that's what doctors told me. They said, look, we weren't prepared at first. You got people coming in with COVID that got the entire staff sick because they didn't know when they were coming in. Now they have the ventilators, they have the beds, they're ready. So if the second wave comes, but nothing's changed with this virus since March 14th. It's the same thing I've been saying on my show since day two. I said, we will go back out when people just say, I don't care what anybody says, I'm leaving. I'm going to And then to we hit that. And I'll, I'll use yeah. personally. Okay, I'm going to use just, I'm not going to throw stones. Let's just say what I feel. For the first four or five weeks, maybe six weeks, I was very much like, we all need to stay in. Right. And these states are thinking about opening, you're crazy. And then I just hit a point where I didn't want to be inside anymore. Right. And I just was like, you know what? I can't keep doing this. I'm lonely. Okay. I'm lonely. I'm bored. Right. And I can't keep doing this. And so now I still try to be safe. I still wear a mask when I go in places, but I just kind of hit a point where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And if I hit it, then I know other people hit it way before that. I was and Tony, I think there most people, if they haven't hit it yet, if you gave them a few more weeks, I think Governor Bashir, just to use Kentucky, I think he decided to start opening stuff just because he was like, they're not going to do it anymore. No, no, I guarantee it. I guarantee so it. I can Jeez. sit here and try to fight against the wave, but at some point I'm going to have to ride the wave because I'm a public official. And I think that's why he ultimately did. And, and I don't care. I, the, guy, the guy's crushed it. Bashir has crushed it. Crushed crush the process. I don't know if he's crushed it, but I also don't I, know that I don't know that you could expect him. Who knew? Like, 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 I don't understand how anybody can criticize nobody unless you believe that Bashir wants people's businesses to crash or people to die. And you can't believe that he's not like evil. Then I think he's done as good as you can do. I, the sense I got was that he wasn't running for office. There's too many politicians that handles these uh, things like 
okay, what will do, you know, I don't want to do too much damage to my own self rather than what the situation is. I got the sense from Bashir that he was trying to save lives from day one. I'll and go that, further. I think, okay. I think Bashir has been a consummate politician his whole life, but here's what I, I talked to someone who would know who works high up in that administration. And here's what they told me. We've sort of always believed we were going to be a one term government. Like really, this is a Republican state. Right. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. The numbers. They ran against Matt Bevin, who was so unpopular. Oh my God. If yeah. Jamie Comer or Ryan Quarles wants to run, everybody loves those guys. Right. And so they basically were like, you know, if we play it safe, we're just going to lose anyway. So that, so Andy, so I think they were just like, we're just going to do what we think is right. Right. And yes. let the chips go where they may. Yes, yes. And what's weird is it turned what I think is a consummate politician because the Bashirs have been politicians their yes. entire life. Yes, yes. It actually turned, it's rare. It turned a consummate politician almost into a non-politician because he yes. was like, I'm not going to win again. So I'm just going to do what I think is yes. right. And, and, and oddly, works. Tony, now I think he could win again. Yes, you've got... <laughs> You've got you've got Karens all over Kentucky with Andy Bashir dangling earrings. First okay? of all, my mom's name's Karen. She could have hurt her feelings. <laughs> I love everybody... you, Karen. I love you, mom. I'm kidding. I'm just... No, but you know, these there's all these Republicans that are like, I don't care what anybody says, he's kill I, he's doing a great job. He I tell you, he's gonna have to really screw up in the next two and a half years to lose that second term. At this I don't know if I tell I think people have short memories. I mean, remember that like you know, George W. Bush, for instance, was the most popular man in America after 9-11. Yeah. And then he almost lost to John yeah. Kerry. So, I oh, mean, like, well. you know, things change. But, um, well, let's let's finish with this because I know okay. you got other stuff to do. Uh, where are we going to be in, it's August 28th, my birthday. What does the, what does America look like on August 28th? I think... I think we're going to I think we're going to plateau after we get back. The numbers are going to go up and I think the summer is going to help. I I'm not a scientist, I, but it seems like the sun and the heat at least helps the situation, right? It seems like it and it, so, that that makes sense that's true with the flu, so you right. can see it being true with this. Right. So I think we're going to plateau and we're going to deal with the numbers until we go out and then August we're going to be fine. We're going to deal with the numbers. I I don't know when we're going to stop the Andy, uh, COVID hour. I don't know when that's going to stop. Uh, but I, I think it's once we get into the fall, I think we're going to be in school and I think the numbers could crash. And I think when it gets colder, it could get really nasty. And then it's going to be sporadic. It'll be, uh, each school district will have to decide because let me tell you, I have two children. Um, it's not the same. Online school is not the same as being in school. We, I value teachers more than any, I think teachers are so undervalued in this society and what they've provided my kids are uh, unmatched. They are with them more than they're with me all day long. And I, my kids are where they are because of teachers, period. It's not the same. Online school is not the same, but they're going to go back and forth two weeks here, two weeks there. So I think in August we'll plateau, we'll ride those numbers out. But I think the second wave comes in the winter and we're going to have to deal with what that comes so to. So football starts on time. Yes. How many people in the stands? I think a third. I think you're going to get a third and they'll send out that lotto. So all the season ticket holders will get a lotto and you're going to get game one, four, seven, yeah. and, and whatever. Right, basketball. How many people in the stands? Indoors. Indoors, man. Indoors, and man. flu season will have started again. Indoors, man. And it doesn't generate a 10% of what... Does it Kentucky and Louisville, though? Yes, it does. I mean, we're rare. It's Kentucky, Indiana, Kansas. Uh, it's really Kentucky and Louisville because yeah. we have big stadiums. Yes. I mean, I think Kentucky, Louisville, Duke, and Kansas are the only four schools in America that generate a profit on basketball. And even there, Kentucky and Louisville make more money from football. I think yes. Duke and Kansas are the only two schools in America that make more money from basketball than football. Uh, I, basketball is going to be interesting because it's indoors. Again, it's indoors. And all these other high school sports, if they – I had all the best high school football coaches on last Thursday, and they were all – I was like, all hey, of what them? about – You had all they, the best well, ones. All not, well, they, they happen to all live in Louisville. So I was, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I'm kidding. There's plenty of good coaches, like one or two in license. But here's the deal. They all were like, you go to spring, 
you know what happens in spring? Senioritis, right? Everyone go, you know, senioritis hits after that spring break, and I'm a senior. Kids that are signed with UK, U of L, and Notre Dame, are they really going to want to? When they know practice is going to start soon for college and whatever their Division One guys, are they going to be busting their ass? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I just when do know- you think? When do? Okay, how about this? KS Bar, August twenty eighth. Will Will I be able to have a packed house? Uh, here's the deal. I've already in Louisville. There were bars that were slammed, and oh, they were. Bars. Oh, Shays down here was ridiculous. Oh my gosh, uh, Gerstel's in St. Matthews was packed like it was New Year's Eve. It was nuts, and I said, "Man," and I don't even know. And there's bars that aren't restaurants that were like, "We're open," and people were out there partying. So I don't know. And then because you look at South Korea, and South Korea kind of pinpointed their their second wave came from clubs. They were like, yeah, we kind of pinpointed that they all came from dance clubs. Uh, so I don't know if that will be our downfall will be the bars. But I think, yes, I think people, because I was like my family, we were staunch and we were like, we're staying in, we're going to be healthy. But we went, we, we went out to dinner the first night. That Friday night, we had reservations at a nice restaurant and went out and ate and it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, we had we were open this weekend and Memorial Day is traditionally a terrible weekend for us because everybody's gone, you know, and people don't want to be in a restaurant, a sports bar, and there are no sports on, and yet we had pretty good crowds. I mean, yeah, like by, we, we, we still had people that came. So, and by the know, way, by the way, Memorial Day, again, all the, all the men and women that have paid the price, the ultimate price uh, to die uh, while serving our country. This is to me one of the most, uh, it's, it's a really important holiday. It came around around the Civil War, and it really needs to say not just pools opening up, by the way, oh my God, that, that group of women that want the pools open up, but, uh, there's a whole bunch of characters. The pool people. Oh my the god! Pool pe- but oh, listen, man. you're part of oh, youth man. sports people are just as bad. <laughs> I know, I know, pool I know, people I and youth sports yeah, people. Know, Y'all lose your mind. We're nuts. We're nuts. But all at look, Memorial Day so important. It's not the pools are opening up. It's that we we honor those that have paid the ultimate price. Uh, yes, I, I you said that very well, and I completely agree with you. Um, well, Tony, I always enjoy talking with you. Um, hopefully we will do this again very soon. You told me before we got on that you haven't gotten a copy of my book yet, which I was oh, like, well, yeah, well, COVID, you know, it's, uh, oh, it's COVID. Uh, does Amazon yeah, right. go to your house? Does that, no, not- I, you know, uh, you know, you read a lot of the stuff at the beginning and you said you liked it. I kind of, can I get a free copy? No, I'm not giving you a free copy. I'll sign your copy and personalize it for you. How about free and then sign it? What's weird is there's a level of friendship that I can't <laughs> give free copies. So, so this is a true story. All right. I, I got given like a hundred copies of free, right? Mm-hmm. So I gave, so I can, I think friendship, there are tiers. Tier one, my mom, my dad, like, like four or five people, they all got one free. Like that's yes. tier one. Tier two are my close friends. Like, you know, Drew, Ryan, Tall, mm-hmm. Hubby, et cetera. Shannon. I would put you in that group, Shannon. Yeah. You all don't get one because you should be friends what? enough with me to buy it to support oh. me. Oh, that now, is the tier dumbest three. logic ever. No, wait, no, I know. Tier three, <laughs> which is people I like, but I don't really know. Don't. They need it. No, 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 no. So let me give you an example. Like people we put are, up with your crap more than anybody, minute, and, they, and the they, other me, people get the book. Let me explain who these people are. These are people that like we're friends, but we're not close friends because I never see them. But they can be very helpful to the book. So the pardon my take, guys. They get a free copy, <laughs> right? Josh Hopkins, Steve Zahn, like <laughs> like the Sklar <laughs> brothers. Like they get free copies because they might talk about it, <laughs> buy it because we're not close enough for them to buy it. So they're the ones that actually get the free copy. I swear to God, if I get a Christmas present this year and it's wrapped shaped like a book and it's a da- it's, it's your damn book, because that's what you should do is all your Christmas presents should be oh, your get- book. <laughs> so that would be so terrible but like so perfect i mean to to give an example a few of these i've said (laughs) iron eagle got one like that (laughs) you know uh ryan mcgee who's gonna be on greg doyle bomani like they get it you You have to buy i don't cuss all these podcasts i'm about ready to 
I'm about ready to cuss if I and Eagle got a damn free copy and I can't get one. Son of a bitch. That's I'm crazy. sorry. I and Eagle, Birdman, he needed one. <laughs> you did not. Hey, listen, thank you very much, Tony. You got it, buddy. Thank you, folks, for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Bomani, I think. This is the Matt Jones Podcast.